hello hello it is i your host alex and i your other host colin uh it it's been a bit <laughs> we're still here yeah yeah it's been a bit and it's been a day too it's uh it's yeah, for both of us <laughs> yeah this might be a little bit of a weird energy to this one yeah if i sound any different it's because i'm on a different computer today because my other one is just acting a fool <laughs> yep um but anyway that's not what you're here to listen to we got um we got the rest of heart of europe to talk about yeah yeah we have a few more cards and then i think we're gonna kind of go back over and sort of talk more generally about heart of europe what we you know um like what we're looking forward to, et cetera. Like, you know, it's not going to be a full breakdown. We'll still do like a, a pre-Gen Con episode that I think will cover that. But, yeah. you know, a, a little bit of a little bit of thoughts at the end. Yeah, our hopes and dreams. <laughs> All right. So first up, we have the other seven coster, Sebastian, who uh, I've heard some people talk about this that and. I think I actually know who they're talking about because I did start playing Bloodlines again, but apparently this might be based on a Bloodlines 1 character. Oh, interesting. Based on, like, the art and stuff. I think I remember hearing that. But anyway, so 7 costs Lissambra, uh, 1, 1, 2, Double Oblivion, and Presence. Uh, so mm-hmm. Presence being the, the off-clan discipline. And attaching a title from your hand to this character costs zero influence. Then ready this character. Yeah, seems good. Yeah, definitely, definitely a splashy ability. Um, The other, the other little somber vampire is Camilla, Um, not to be confused with the Camarilla, (laughs) who I think is is something else. Um, I, I don't remember what they are, but. Uh, I'm sure we'll get comments. Um, she's a three BP vampire. <laughs> she's a three BP vampire. Uh, one physical, zero social, one mental. She has oblivion, and as an attacker, put a no influence token on the target. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then their library card. Yes, um, their library card is Royal Bling. They're really cool, like, grayscale, but still pops of color art that I like. And it's mm-hmm. a unhosted ongoing. At the start of your turn, add one agenda from the general supply to each titled character in your coterie. Yeah. So uh, an obvious theme here, like titles. <laughs> uh, titles and, and influence, which are, again, are sort of related, right? Yes. Um, and even, like, Royal Bling... <laughs> Uh, it may not seem obviously to tie into that, but they have the other card um, that's. Fight, I, I don't remember. Yeah, is it? Is it? I don't think it's a clan lock to them, but it's it's, it's effectively a Lissambra card. Um, that it is not clan. Okay, yeah, fight fight makes right, right? That that gives them <clears throat> influence for uh, agenda on on the cards on yeah, on each each agenda, each agenda on the vampire yes. gives them an extra influence. So. You know, clearly part of the theme. Um, obviously, Sebastian is the splashy one, right? Mm-hmm. I would actually say titles for this pack is the sub theme, and not this pack, but for La Sombra. And schemes might be the like the main theme that they're trying to push uh, mm-hmm. with. And it's mainly Camilla that's making me say that. 
because mm-hmm. her ability is really only relevant for a scheme deck. Yes, that is true. Um, but yeah, Sebastian's cool. Uh, I think like maybe the obvious uh, like the haymaker play is att- attach a seneschal on him turn one and just start draining somebody right away. <laughs> right. Yeah, Camilla. I feel like will be more often used for as a three BP Lasombra who also has that oblivion. Um, and I feel like the the ability is going to be very circumstantial. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. All right, and then on to the Hekata. And yeah. we have Roman Monstrum, a 5 VP, 1 1 1, Auspex and Oblivion. It's got Reach and uh, an activated ability detach one curse from target character and choose one. Put a fear token on the target, or the target loses one blood. Mm hmm. Now, do I have to stack my deck with curses to make this work? Uh, well, <laughs> there are other vampires. So also, a quick refresher, because I, I think curse rules come out in this pack, right? Um, right, but we kind of already know what they are. You're right, so. yeah. A, a, right. a curse is essentially just any card that you put on somebody else's vampire. Right. Um, is the basics of it. So I'm sure there, you know, there will be more detailed rules, but we already know. <clears throat> that, you know it doesn't have to come from your deck. Um mm-hmm anything like that it's basically mm-hmm. just a card you did not put on your character right so speaking of not coming from your deck um their other character is anjali the samedi who is a three bp zero two social zero auspex with a torpor ability attach the top card of target player's library face down to a character in their coterie with two or fewer attachments if this is its first attachment draw one card so that's yeah so first of all that's just like a really weird ability like without roman (laughs) um i mean you know it's (laughs) it's just like a very odd ability so like clearly they're intended to go together yeah otherwise you're just if you have anjali and not roman you're just kind of drawing the other character's or other players deck down and maybe drawing some cards. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you could, you could, you could probably make the argument, right. That her, her text essentially reads without Roman, you know, a torpor ability, draw a card and like have some very circumstantial effect of like potentially, you know, clogging up a, a, an opponent's vampire, but really she's meant to play with Roman pretty clearly. Yeah. And if, and you know, if you don't, if you're not using her with Roman, and you don't have her out early enough or didn't get her to torpor early enough, most most vampires will have attachments at some point. So trying to mm-hmm. hit that first attachment draw a card will probably be a little harder. Mm-hmm. But what's their library card? So the library card is Withering Spirit, which is a 5 BP um, action card, which is interesting. We, there's not a ton of BP action cards. Um, but because this one deals damage, I think is, is why it has a BP cost, right? So it has a, um, I'm, I'm going to actually read this in the reverse order that's printed on the card. Cause I think it makes more sense. Um, so oblivion with oblivion, yeah, you know, it requires oblivion rather, uh, deal one mental damage to target character for each wraith in your coterie and each curse attached to the target. Also, you can burn one wraith you control. The damage from this card becomes aggravated. 
I don't like this. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> love it. Although, so I will say I think that even though the burn one wraith is the splashy part, I think that more often it's a non-attack way of dealing damage. Um yes. And like, you know, deal non-attack ways of dealing damage. We've seen a few of those, right? Like there's this one, there's the arms of Aramon. I haven't seen them being played that much. Um but I like this one better than arms because I think mental is better. Generally, it's, you know, it's better to do mental damage than physical. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. You know, the reason so, I don't like it is I feel like it has a lot of setup to do anything meaningful. Yeah, like that. You need a lot of wraiths, and those need their own set of setups, mm-hmm. and then curses, which also need their own set of setups. So mm-hmm. I mean. I get it. It's it has a high ceiling if you can get there, and then it's it's also clan locked and it's also five VP. It's just right. there's a lot of things to right. go against this card and and an oblivion, right? Um, yeah, and oblivion. yeah, yeah. I I agree. I it's for me this is one where it's like let put it in the binder. We'll see. You know, if curses if curses keep getting support, that's where it's more interesting to me, right? Because yeah. Um, if you know, I mean, I, I realize realizing that like a curse is probably only going to do like one or two, but you know, sometimes that's all you need, and and it's even then, I feel like it's a it's a questionable card, like because I yeah, I feel like you're you're only playing this if you probably if you have wraiths, even if you have curses, like curses make it better, um, but also like burning a wraith seems like a really steep cost. Um, I mean, sure, like sometimes it's worth it to you know to if you can burn your opponent's leader or whatever, that's, that's awesome. But like, that's still a really steep cost. Yeah. So, so we'll we'll see, uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, like I said, I'm not, not too hot on it, but it's certainly a neat effect. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, mental damage is usually, if if you can stack some mental damage, that's usually one to go for. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's actually all of the clan stuff. Uh, so now we have some other fun library cards to go through. Yeah. Do we want to start with the um, combat cards or the non-combat cards? Um, let's go combat. All right. So the first one we have up is Entrancement. It's a 4 BP social attack with 1 inherent damage. Uh Needs presence for the for the effect, and the target's social attribute does not reduce the damage from this attack. Yeah, I really like this card. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know that it's super good right at the moment, but I really like it. Leechway can turn it on by herself, and Leechway pumps uh, a good amount of social damage. So that's like the first thing I think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. That could potentially just be four damage at someone, and with uh, if they don't have a good reaction card, they'll probably take a good chunk of damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously it's competing with biting comment in particular and intimidation, which are two <laughs> really strong four <Yes>. BP attacks. <laughs> um, but in general, well, so first of all, I'm happy to see some support for presence. We, you know, we haven't seen any in a while, um, and I think that there's this now the second attack. That's it's not aggravated, but that does you know uh, negate a, an attribute. There's the um, 
there's the obli- or the obfuscate mental one. Um, yes. And I, th- I think those attacks are kind of underrated because essentially what that means is like you can target anybody with this social attack and deal full damage, you know, um, and especially with, with yeah. mental and social, there's less shields against those two attack types. So that makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely got some sneaky uh, heaps of damage on with that. Um, the mental attack, its name is also escaping me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, all right, what's next? So next we'll do the other attack, um, a 5 BP, Psychic Assault. So no damage, uh, and you have to play this card face up. This attack cannot be blocked. With Auspex, reveal the top card of any player's library plus X damage equal to the BP of that card. So I also really like this one. This one's pretty cool. Um, uh, uh, not being able to be blocked is certainly becoming a popular thing lately. Uh-huh. <laughs> I uh-huh. wonder why. Yeah, um, right. But I I do see this. Um, it's a high. I, I like it, but it's a high cost for a potential whiff. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's funny because, you know, I've been playing Spirit's Touch and without any of the other tech and just sort of like ripping it randomly and mm-hmm. it's been pretty good but that's different to me than an attack right because like with with gaining prestige obviously sure i'm hoping to hit a four or five but if i hit a three or even a two all right that's like not awful but an attack sometimes you're like i really need to do you know uh, you may you may choose a different target, especially with a cannot be blocked. You may choose a different target if you know your attack's dealing, say, four damage versus three damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't necessarily have that with Psychic Assault. So I, f- I feel like Psychic Assault is maybe worth playing without, but certainly fits in with that Auspex package of like, what is it? Um, is it Clairvoyance that lets you, you know, put a card yeah. on top of their deck, stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's nice about this is that you can target any player's library, not just who you're attacking. Mm-hmm. So you could also just stack your own deck with yeah. high BP cards and just kind of almost like a reverse Bella. Um, right. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but basically just I, I know my deck stacked with high BP stuff, so I'm going to swing for like fours and fives. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yep, totally. Um, and also, I just want to mention that the art to me is like looks so much like an Arkham card. Um, yes, it just it's funny because like I, I see that and I see like Arkham card. Yes, this is like El- Eldritch Horror uh, uh-huh. monstrosities like attacking someone. It looks pretty yep. cool. All, all right, right. Um, I think that's all the attacks. So we got yeah. some pretty cool defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one we have is Rapid Reflexes with uh, what. Strikes me as a very Matrix-inspired uh, art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, zero inherent shields. It is a ranged and physical reaction. Retarget this attack to any other character in the defending party. The new defender has plus one shield for each celerity they have. So we have the uh, reverse targeted. Yeah, this is. I I think this is really cool. Um... I, I do the literally the only thing I don't 
love about it is that it's another celerity range physical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and like we already have, uh, there. What's the, the other one that gives you shields for fleetness. range and physical? Yeah, fleetness. Um, but I mean, this is slightly different. Um, the retargeting is really cool. So you know, because you can also like you don't have to have them standing to block. You can just retarget to somebody yeah. who's who's already uh, exhausted. Yeah, there's a lot of cool plays you can do with this. Um, you know, if if your leader, if uh, if your leader's standing and there's no blockers for them, you just go, ah, just go kill the that three BP chud over there, or like do the opposite and like, oh, my leader's exhausted, but they have good blocking abilities. I'm just going to send it to them anyway. Um, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I get I get what you mean with like all the eggs in the celerity basket. It I guess does make sense in a way that it's you know physical and for mm-hmm. theming purposes like right yeah yeah it's thing so but mm-hmm. yeah you got good you got good um what you call it, attack types on this next card that's true it's true so yeah the other one is <clears throat> probably i think the more talked about one uh is fortify the inner facade a three bp uh one shield reaction for social and mental you play it face up um, if your foe's attack card would cause you to lose or spend prestige, gain three prestige first. And then with fortitude, if not, it gains one shield. Um, so, I well, the most le- least prestige consequential. gets setter. Yeah. Yes, it does. So, yeah, uh, least consequential, but playing the card face up doesn't actually do anything except for, like, make some timing rule stuff work. So it's not like, a, it's not really a drawback because your opponent's already played their reaction. Um Action or attack or attack, yeah. Except for <laughs> I guess, except for the one specific case of uh, Dien, who gets to pull his card back. Um, so in that one oh, specific yeah. case, it's a drawback, but ninety nine percent of the time it's not. Um, but yeah, it it essentially this is the anti demand obedience or biting comment card, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. It gets you money if you were to lose money. Um, I will probably uh, definitely be playing this card with, you know, the usual suspects that we play with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Content. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, money, money's good. Money's always good. And and, and it's I, also I important. Like more fortitude stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's also important to note that the, the prestige thing does not depend on fortitude. So... You can play this card in any deck, even if you have no fortitude, if you're, you know, concerned about prestige drain, or if you really just want one shield for social and, and mental, like it's not awful, um, yeah. even just for that. So I, that's why I like it. Cause it's, it's obviously best in a fortitude deck, but it's playable outside of it, you know? Yeah. All right. So that's all of the new combat cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have a couple cool actions. So first we have Bread and Circuses. Uh, this is a scheme. And the the Influence Conflict is asking, should I give, give each player a reward? Neat. Uh, if this succeeds, choose one different reward for each player. Draw a card, gain a prestige, gain an agenda, or they mend two on one character they control. Yeah, this now, is a cool card. One thing I don't think has been talked about is is there a specific order you need to give these out in? I don't know. Um 
That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't think so. <clears throat> I would think that you basically decide. I don't know if it all... matters. Right. I just thought about it right now. <laughs> no, that's a good question. I, my, my guess would be that they, you, you choose and then they all happen at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then of course, if there's a conflict, then I think active player would decide uh, right. timing. So now for, I think the only thing that matters right now for this is the mending. Uh, mm-hmm. If you choose a player that has a full health coterie, uh, they and you choose them to mend, they get nothing. Right. And that is and a valid mending. choice because you're choosing right. a player. Yes. Yes. It's not a cost. It is an effect. They, you do as much as you can and they can't do anything. It mm-hmm. doesn't count as mending for a zero. So mm-hmm. like something like Alejandro would not still draw a card mm-hmm. or anything else that looks at if you've mended or anything like that. It just, the effect does not happen. Yep. Um, it's also cool because it gives you a way of making deals, right? Like, hey, yeah. if you vote for this, I'll give you a prestige. Um, and that's a bind, you know, you can make a binding deal because you can fulfill that this turn. So I, I, that's something that I think is pretty cool about this card. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any cards that push more uh, actual deals is uh, pretty cool in my book. So this is mm-hmm. the perfect card for such a thing. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? Uh, <laughs> so we go to, in my opinion, the opposite end, uh, Prosperity, <laughs> which is a scheme that's as a conflict, should each player draw four cards? Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm not going to say lot. it. Yeah, I'm not going to say it only ever goes into disheveled shelves. Um, but like, obviously that's where it goes and I'm not sure most other decks want to run it. Um, you know, I mean, I can see the argument that for some like very combo-y scheme influence deck that like you, your four cards may be better than giving all of your opponents four cards, but like. I don't know, man. That seems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even in something like your old Alejandro scheme, um, mm-hmm. knowledge is power deck. Like, if you drew this very early, you'd be in a very good position to just start scoring two every turn. But mm-hmm. giving everyone else four cards is very dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, and and it's like I I would see this. Uh, if you're going to play this and not disheveled shelves, it uh, to me, I feel like in a one V one because a, well, you're only giving one opponent four cards instead of three opponent, you know, three opponents. And then secondly, right? Like y- you're probably more likely to be playing a more combo uh, scheme deck in that environment rather than I think multiplayer makes that, that type of like, I'm going to play three PR firms and like try to just combo off and get, you know, eight agenda in a round is yeah. very hard to do in multiplayer because you have three other people fighting against you. So <clears throat> effectively this is a disheveled shelves card for me in multiplayer, which means I'm not interested, which is not like a slam <laughs> on disheveled shelves. It just means like, that's not a deck type I'm interested in. So like this card will basically just sit in my binder. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I also agree. I, I'm not sure where else that fits. Um, but anyway, on to a new title. Yeah. Whip of the Primogen. It is a 2BP. Um, 
needs to influence one per player. Mm-hmm. So uh, another uh, goes along with Primogen uh, being one per player. This character has plus one influence for each presence they have. At the end of your turn, remove a no influence token from one character in your coterie that matches this character's clan, which can be itself. Yes. <laughs> because it does match its own clan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is a cool card. Um, I'm not sure how strong it is. I'd like, Not that I think it's bad. Again, I've said this a couple times. Um, but I, I mean, for one thing, a 2BP title is always at least worth a look in a title deck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ability is kind of cool too. Like for, if, especially if you're going for like schemes <clears throat> along with your titles. Yeah. I'm looking, is there anyone that's got double presence? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can't tell you who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me neither. I'm but trying to quickly go through the cards, but pretty but sure yeah, there is one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like this one. Um, it's if, if like scheme decks ever become very prevalent, and like multiple people at a table are running them, you know, that's this is a no brainer because you can play your own schemes and then um, have a character able to exert on other people's turns. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I like the effect. It's a very unique effect, something we haven't really seen before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's Johnny that has the double presence. Oh, of course. <laughs> yep. I was like, I knew there's somebody. Um, and I'm the one who actually plays him. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Yeah, next yeah, we cool have, card. Uh, Agreed. What's the next tradition? So fourth tradition, the accounting, <clears throat> um, which is an action. And attached to target leader with two or fewer attachments. When another character in this leader's coterie makes an attack or uses an activated ability, this character loses one blood. So that's weird. Um, so I think first of all, let's kind of like <clears throat> break down how it works a yeah. little bit. Like, like some people I mean, have trouble reading these cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's also like it, as much as it's not like it's necessarily confusing, but it's also a little bit of a weird effect, right? So essentially, it's. Huh. I mean, as I as I assume is thematically appropriate, you're holding the leader accountable for everything their coterie does. Right. So the leader can still do whatever they want, but if anybody else in the party either attacks or uses an activated ability, um, which is a, you know bold text colon effect, this character loses one. So other characters can still like play titles on themselves. Um, you know stuff like that. But if they if they do a activated effect, then that's when you know like our activated abilities, like like Drea, for example, um, mm-hmm. would make presumably Tamaska lose a blood. Or Just something. you know, assuming you're playing those two together for whatever <laughs> weird reason. <laughs> no reason at all. Yeah, I like it. It's cool. Um. I always kind of chuckle to myself that the the name of this tradition, because like the other ones are like the masquerade, the destruction, the progeny, and this one, yeah. the accounting, <laughs> the accounting. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, it's very cool ability. Uh, very very thematic. I like it. Um, 
I could see this kind of being a flex card if like I, I don't even know off the top of my head right now like what percentage of characters have activated abilities or anything like that. But everyone likes to make an attack, so mm-hmm. it'll always be useful. Um, so that could definitely be uh, a flex card that we see in a lot of decks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a cool card. You know, as a as a just an action card, it's you can slot it in any deck. It has no no discipline or BP requirements. Um, it goes on a leader, so like it's it's clog up an attachment slot. Exactly. Like, there's very few decks that this, this card is literally bad in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. And then the last thing, uh, we have some new influence modifiers. Yeah. Which is uh, exciting because we haven't had any of those since core. It is. It is. So first up, we have bad optics. Um, influence modifier still only have the ones because... So far, it hasn't come up yet, but the parentheses means you can only play one. Uh, gain two influence during this action or event. If this is a scheme and your side loses, put a fear token on target character with a no influence token and exhaust them. That can hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think that's a really cool effect because it's really... You know, again, as a face down card, it's really potentially monkeying with, you know, what people are willing to do, right? Like, usually it's really easy for everybody to just say, oh, yeah, sure, my leader will vote no. Um, you know, and then and then maybe somebody contributes prestige or not, right? But it's, it's, a, it's a really easy thing to just be like, sure, one for no, right? This card makes that much more dangerous because you vote that one for no they lose and then they're like, Oh, your, your leader is now exhausted, you know, or cause typically it's going to be your leader, you know, right. so it's like your leader is now exhausted and has a fear token. Yeah. Cause Brutal. I mean, previously the worst that was going to happen when, uh, if you lose a scheme is they get an agenda with, uh, head your vets. Um, mm-hmm. this is much worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. This will hurt you a lot, a lot badly. Um, so yeah, it's, I like it. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. What's our last one? Last one is Wild Ranting. Um, so this has gained three influence during this action or event. If this is a scheme and your side loses, target player draws one card. So obviously, yes, also potentially disheveled shelves. But I actually think this one is pretty solid and not disheveled shelves. Um, Just target yourself. Exactly, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gain three influence, and then if you lose, you can draw a card because you can always target yourself. So worst case, it replaces itself. So that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, the question being, right, like, is it better than um, the other influence modifiers? I think it, I think it's often, but not always better than Hedge Your Bets. Um, not sure it's it's better than the other one that I can't think of. Um, last word? Nope, I mean, yes, last word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a high bar. Uh, right. Five influence. <laughs> yeah, five influence yeah. and a prestige. And, which is... and a prestige for winning. So, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so that's that's kind of my question for Wild Ranting is sort of like, does it f- make the slots? Because sometimes it may or may not be better than Hedge Your Bets. It may or may not be better than Bad Optics. And it's not better than the last word. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, I think if I were to try a scheme deck, uh, I would definitely probably just do Last Word and Wild Ranting. Um, 
I don't feel like there's enough space to try to do all four. I think you're still no. probably picking between two. Definitely. So that's yeah. the two I would go with. Because like Hedger Bet's like, okay, if you're already to the point where you're at 12 prestige with a scheme deck, you probably don't need that one to get you over. I feel like Hedge Your Bets is a meta card, right? Where like if you're expecting uh you know a decent amount of like influence heavy decks, that's where Hedge Your Bets is good. Because you're, you know, potentially losing and getting the agenda like unless, Oh, okay, I gotcha. Right, like right, because like, you know, generally speaking, if you're playing a scheme deck, you're trying and you're trying to play these schemes for agenda. Um well, a hedge your bets is like, okay, I can play my greed for two agenda or I can play, or, you know, or with hedge your bets. And so I'm either getting one or two agenda. Um, that being said, I think the other ones are all much more, <clears throat> not much more, a little bit broad, more broadly applicable. Um, I mean, again, obviously last word. Wild ranting also being three instead of two, I think makes a big difference. Um, yeah. because not only, obviously, I mean, it's one more, but also it means you can play essentially any title, um, with wild ranting and just one influence from your leader. Right. Which is also mm-hmm. a big, a big thing to me. So, yeah. Yep. Sometimes those inches matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's the whole pack. Uh, we know everything in it now. So yeah. now we can wildly speculate. Uh, not too in depth, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm curious, like, what are you? <clears throat> now that we've gone through all the cards, what are you excited to play around with from from the pack? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is obviously just play Summer Roost with Lone Wolf, <laughs> <laughs> and try. I'll, I'll probably still try something with. Um, in that with uh akeen the other solo attacker Mm -hmm. tried just some of the solo attacking stuff and see how that works out but yeah lone wolf and summer is just like a very easy slot um but for a brand new deck i would like to try making something with guard tower yeah same here i i really like guard tower i was looking at builds the other day it's it's tough because like if you want pure guards it's hard to match any disciplines. <laughs> um, and so like, I think, you know, which you don't necessarily have to do like seven guards in your, in your deck. Right. right. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to playing around with, with that as well. Um, I also, as I know, we kind of talked about, I'm super interested in the extra havens stuff. Um, I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about, Borak being like the big centerpiece for, for that. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. having to be your leader. Uh, but like, I, it's a really cool mechanic that I'm interested in playing around with. I, I think right now I'm interested in a lot of different decks kind of more casually that I'm not, uh, I'm not totally sure if they're there competitively yet. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I do fear that Borak is going to become the next Alejandro and that, like, you better hope you win a bid if if he shows up at a tournament and that mm-hmm. itself will make people not play him, which it's 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 a weird, not problem, but it it's a way that decks kind of like, <laughs> like a, a good mirror ends up canceling out both. 
Right. And it's it's so hard because, like, I mean, Ventru does have plenty of access to prestige gain. But, like, that also means your opponent does, too, right? Um, yeah. So, like, bidding for him is fine. But then also, you know, like, M being, being M is super good with Borek, but she's absolute trash. Um, I say absolute <laughs> trash. I mean, there is, right, there is the other card, but, like, that's so slow. You have to draw it. The, the, the card that lets you put a Haven from your deck, like, it's yeah. slow. You have to draw it, and you're still probably not going to get to three, which is where M is really good, where, she, you know, you get the agenda every turn. Um. So yeah, I mean, Borek is somebody that I'm really interested to play, like casually. Like he'd be a great for you know our stream games where we kind of arrange ahead of time so that nobody's overlapping decks just to make things more interesting. Um, yeah. but like I'm just yeah, I same same reason like you said, I'm I'd be nervous about like bringing him to <laughs> an event and being like, well, now I have to bid and what am I gonna do? So I've just been uh, looking at all the guards that we have so far. Uh, back to the guard tower. I mm-hmm. think. Let me know where I'm at with this. Uh, where, where where you're thinking? The ones that you actually want to have guard. I'm thinking Sarka, Darius, Karma. It's like maybe the main, maybe Lori too. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Karma gets you I- insanity defense. Lori gets you someone with fortitude. Darius gets you cards. And then Sarka lets all the, the stealing happen. Mm-hmm. Plus the um, red reflexes. Bob, Bobby also gives you access to bad reflection, potentially. Although most of the guards are three, so like it's hard for them to play it. Right. Um, and Sweetums also has a, a celerity, but like I don't know how much you care about that in this deck. Um, because like Sarka, you know, already turns on your your uh yeah strike. i would swing yeah i would swing with sarka on a lightning strike just by herself in a minute and uh, yeah i think she just i don't see sweetum especially because uh darius has already got your one one and then karma's got the two mental that's where mm-hmm. i kind of saw her value yeah so i i do think you probably want to go looking for at least one or two non-guards to like have a secondary potential attacker and or round out your disciplines a little bit um disciplines and or you know um clans but yeah because other than other than the celerity there's like two aspects one dominate like can't really do anything with that so right exactly i mean there's there's actually somewhere there you got demand obedience so i was gonna say there's actually a lot of dominate dominate is there's five options for dominate um yeah. There's, you know, there's definitely, there's three ox specs, there's a few presents, um, and then like one fortitude, one obfuscate, one potence. So yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit weird. Of course, also, this is another thing, right? That like, theoretically, as more clans come out, we get more guards, especially guards with abilities. Um, it'll only get better because you'll have more, yeah. more options and more things to do with it. So I'm, I'm really interested in it. Also, I kind of think it's cool that it doesn't give you secrecy at home. So like just be out in the streets all the time. <laughs> yeah. I guess there really would be no reason to, cause I don't think uh, I'm trying to remind myself the prog events. Um, yeah. I mean, except for things like, uh, you know, coup, but yeah, that's you know, true. or, or, you know, abilities that target stuff in the streets. But I mean, there's, there's a couple of those, but Sonia. <laughs> yeah. So, 
That's pretty cool. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm really, I really love traps. Um, and that's another one where like, I want to play around with it. Cause I'm not sure with only the what three traps right now. Um, um or are there four? Um, that's a good question. Spiders, blood poisoning, and then the, the Nosferatu one, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So with just the three, <laughs> um, off limits, like, I think they're really cool. I love the abilities. Um, but like, I kind of want more traps before I, before yeah. I really dedicate to, you know, I and mean, maybe there's like a trap and conspiracy deck because like they, you know, uh, what's her name can key off of Thora can key off of either, which is cool. Like you can gain actions for playing conspiracies or traps. Um, so that's also pretty cool. So like, that's definitely something I want to play around with. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I know, I know you're really looking forward to playing the, the Hakata Roman Anjali deck. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably at least try it because I do like sometimes messing with like uh, annoying repeatable effects like that. But um, the the thing that I, I'm hoping was a deliberate choice <laughs> is that Anjali is a torpor effect. So you do have to uh, build around keeping her there or just constantly putting her back there Mm -hmm. Um, yeah of course the flip side of that right is like you also if your deck is built around keeping her in torpor it's a lot harder to mess with her (laughs) you know so you have to build around it and i and and like that's that's i you know i definitely don't want to downplay that like as i've played some akata like keeping somebody in torpor is not always the easiest um especially without anika but yeah like the, there's going to be, I think there's going to be games where Anjali just stays in Torpor all game and just with her with Roman is just, ugh. yeah, we'll see. I'm, I, I won't say I'm worried about it right now, but it definitely seems like it could be, uh, abusable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm, uh, I'm honestly, and I think we had a little bit of this conversation. I'm a little bit less worried about it in multiplayer and one V one is where I would be. <laughs> Um, well, 1v1 is where everything goes to get broken <laughs> right it's true it's true yeah so so is there yeah, is there anything um, look... sorry go ahead no i was gonna say i, I think that was mainly it because i'm looking through like mm-hmm. the the toreador stuff isn't really speaking to me with the event play and stuff like that yeah so that's that's of, what i was I gonna say the, the venture stuff like yeah it's cool but it, it's gonna be hard to play right but sorry go ahead I was just going to say, is there any of the, the sort of themes or sub-themes you feel like are either, you know, I mean, uninteresting to you personally or just sort of like not, you don't think we'll really we'll really see a lot of? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll say that, like, the Toreador stuff isn't entirely interesting to me, but I'm not making a decision on where I think it's going to be yet because I, it's one of those things, like, I need to see it in action. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of moving pieces to that like whole city deck event and, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I, I need to see the gears in motion for that one. Sure. Makes sense. The Thin Blood stuff I also kind of do like, too. Like, uh, Monica. Yeah. Eh, that's, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I like... Actually, I, 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 I'm kind of the same with you. The city deck event stuff... 
I'm not, it's not my thing and it doesn't really interest me. Um, the, ironically enough, I really, I think the Bruja scheme stuff is really cool. I'm not sure it's actually going to get played as of right now. Um, because I feel like they don't have any real incentive to actually play schemes. Um, or not that they don't have any incentive to play schemes. Other decks do schemes better than Bruja, even with the cool stuff, right? Like Toreador has lots yeah. of tech. Ventru has some stuff um, and the ability to get lots of influence. La Sombra has stuff and the ability to get lots of influence. So like, while I really like the Bruja stuff, it's hard to sort of justify, well, if I want to play schemes and there's, I mean, Six Tradition is a really cool scheme for an aggressive deck, but like it's one of them. And are you going to play a bunch of like, you know, Flick and Kirill and one of my favorite cards, like I talked about Voter Suppression just for the like one scheme. So like I'm hoping as we get maybe some more schemes that feed into attacking decks a little bit more, that stuff will get played, but we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. Yeah, I do like Hero. Um, like three influence isn't an insignificant amount, and I I do, I do like that. Uh, design wise, they didn't just double down on what everyone was doing already. They they tried to go different uh, themes for everyone. Um, and like, yeah, the the game isn't wide enough yet for everyone to be able to be great at the or like be better than someone else at one of those sub things. Like what you were saying, like, you know, someone can already do schemes better than what the Bruja stuff can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes in the future. Like you said, I, I do like, I do think you can just slam hero and voter suppression in a deck maybe. And like, just have it in a existing scheme deck. That's just like a little more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe you know maybe true, maybe maybe so, maybe you can play like a, a Kirill. I mean, he does have celerity and and presence, so like maybe there's a you know a, a Bruja Toriador attacking deck that also plays some schemes for like a little burst of um prestige or I mean of agenda or you know prestige drain or something. You know, yeah, that I mean that'd be cool. Like I'm I'm hoping it exists because I think the cards are really cool. So. Um, I'm a, I, I have to admit, I'm a little disappointed in the Tremere cards. Um, I was just about to say, I love the effect of Wake with the Evening's Freshness, but it does still feel like the same stuff for them. Of course, yeah. after I just said that they gave, <laughs> they gave other stuff, but right. Yeah. Um, it's also like, it's just a weird, that's just a weird effect to, uh, for a ritual deck to me. Um, and rituals are hard to jam into other decks. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sure maybe somebody creative will do something with it. And that's really cool. Um, I think that, like, Susanna is is pretty cool. Um, actually, is really cool. But Alistair, I don't know. I'm just, the more I see about the superficial stuff, the more I just <laughs> don't really care about it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, I'm open to be proving wrong. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so... I guess, and you know, maybe that, maybe that, so maybe that's really just me being down on superficial stuff is why I'm saying Tremere doesn't feel like they got that much. Um, but I just, 
yeah. I, I mean, I you know, with title fight too, right? Like another superficial. Uh, I don't know, man. I just I'm still not sold on it. Like I just I can't. I don't know. Not, they did get I, blood transfusion, which is is a a good card for them. That'll probably be. Uh, that's uh, true. Staple for a while, but that's true. I I, I was only thinking. It is. I was only thinking about Wake with Evening Specialist. I forgot about their actual clan locked card. Um, yeah. So I agree. So maybe, maybe I was a little bit harsh. Uh, I, I guess it's it's kind of like looking at all the all the. Uh, well, Toreador is first. I don't I don't really like any of the stuff. Um, I, I say I don't like it. That's not totally fair. I think Emil is really good. <laughs> um, like potentially potentially broken good not always broken but like broken in the sense of ignoring city deck events uh, anyway i'm um, waiting to see the back which we've which we've right. been told is lengthy <laughs> right um yeah bro- broken in the almost literal sense rather than the sort of like oh it's just too good sense um but yeah so so toreador i don't see myself playing with any of those even when i play toreador that's not entirely due to how good they are, although it's partly due to how good they are. Um, other than that, I think it's cool. I mean, I actually think Malkavian got not that much, but I'm also okay with that because Malkavian <laughs> was already one of the strongest Splash Clans. Um, yeah. And they also, I think, uh, funny enough, I think they actually got a big boost with... Um, the trap stuff, right? So, like, even though the Malkavian cards aren't that impressive, the trap stuff working with Govna and Velvet and all their whole package of stuff is, you know, is actually kind of a boost to them. So, yeah, R- Renee's really good. Um, I think the the way I see it is part of the reason that they're kind of not held back in this pack, um, but low power. I, I, I don't know. Uh, is because of shelves. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that, so that's, I guess that's kind of the last thing is I'm not excited about shelves, but like, that's fine. I mean, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum, but like, it's not, it's not only does it not interest me to play it, I also don't think it's going to lead to interesting games, but we'll see, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Um, I've never particularly liked Mill in, in any other games that had it. I, I do like that it's a at least interesting kind of mill where it's going off the mm-hmm. draw draw of the deck instead of just the discarding everything. Um, so that's that's interesting in itself. Um, but just mm-hmm. giving someone a, an entirely different axis of play, uh, we'll have to see how it works out. Yep, I'm also. It's funny. It's it's the rare card that is actually I feel like more balanced in one v one. But I also it, this is this is a very minor thing. But like the fact that it's the it's the first agenda that not say when you reach thirteen agenda you win, um, and then the, the changes they've made with horde and and agenda. It's like it's just it's also just weird. It makes it causes questions. Um, so I don't like I don't like that part about it either, which is like a very kind of a minor, um, you know, thing. But it, it, I forget. It, did we get sorry, did we get me. a confirmation if you can still win if you do somehow get thirteen agenda? Not that I've seen. Okay, because it is in the rules, so I'm not sure if all, all the previous agendas it's just been reminder text or if right. 
actually the case because like if someone got to 13 with shelves they they deserve it <laughs> right yeah but then there's also like the new rule about you know it says whatever your agenda is minus or i mean at the end of the game the tiebreaker is whatever you actually need to win the game you know rather than just 13 yeah um, yeah, yeah that's true so i uh, yeah i don't know i, guess I don't no. I do definitely expect to see it uh, at Gen Con, uh, a bit of it. So, before uh, I guess spoilers for the next episode. Um, yeah, start thinking. Start thinking about shelves. It's it's the new thing. Well, as you can uh, tell, we're very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I. It's like I. I don't even know what to say about it. Like. Duh. Don't ever just use your. We might see. We might start seeing people actually pass. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Uh, you can pass. You can always pass. All right. Well, I think that will put a pin on this one. Uh, any other closing thoughts? Not really. Um, yeah, I think we're. You know, it's hard to believe Gen Con's basically like what a month and a week away. Yeah. Um, it's coming up like coming that. up fast so we'll hopefully we'll be able to do hopefully we can squeeze in two more episodes uh, i think yeah we should be able to do that pretty easily right um, yeah i think so so do kind of a a, a gen con preview and uh something else we don't know who, who knows maybe but, we'll try a lore episode again yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's so it's cool it's 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 interesting a bunch of new cards um and it's also interesting that it's different themes and fleshing out existing clans. So I'm definitely excited to start seeing these cards in the wild and people playing with them. Yeah. New cards are always fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Uh, but everyone, good evening. And uh, hope you don't have as bad of Mondays. That's, that's my sign off for tonight. <laughs> Apt. I, I can concur. So I will allow it. <laughs> as I as I want to say. <laughs> <laughs>